Hello, welcome to Tucson Comic Con 2022. We are so excited uh, to have you here at our panel uh, for the most excellent 80s movies podcast. Um, cheer as each as if each of you is 10 people. Yes! As you can hear, there are 200 people in the room with us. Uh, and we are so excited to be here. So normally, we jump right in and do the intro to the movie. But since uh, we are live and in front of actual humans, we'll explain a little bit at the beginning. So uh, what we try to do on the most excellent 80s movies podcast is revisit the movies from the 80s that we either loved or may have completely missed us and passed us by with these our grown-up eyes trying to sort of evaluate do they hold up do we still love them? Is there some kind of magic that makes them great even though they're bad? Or what do we think of these movies now? Uh, and we wanted to pick an especially comic-y, although we haven't done a lot of, com in our history, we haven't done a lot of comic book based No, we, ha we haven't movies. done Batman. We haven't done 1989 We've Batman. Not a lot of 80s. We haven't done Dick yeah. Tracy. Is that does that we haven't count? done Dick Tracy. We haven't uh -huh. done yeah. we haven't done any Supermans at all. So this is really our first big swing yeah. at a comic book movie. I'm I'm wobbling my hand as if right. it's not quite true. And it's not quite true. Um, so uh, anything to say before we start? Ah, it went to sleep. Yes, here's what we will say. Nathan will say things. <laughs> um yeah, I, 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 this was a, this was, I, I feel like this is one of the kind of movies that you'd want to watch at midnight, maybe on the cusp of falling asleep. So it's almost a bit of an abstract experience. That's my personal take. Or if you're, you, or if you've been consuming libations or other um, things that uh, help the experience. Um, I would not say that this is a straightforward kind of uh, superhero movie. No? Okay. Um, as soon as this happens, we'll do the official start of the podcast. Oh, from 1984. We're gonna officially start the podcast. Ready? Here's the theme song. Boop 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 do 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 do. That's post production. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian, and their fabulous guests look at the 80s movies we think we love or might have missed. With these, our grown-up eyes uh, and today we are watching Supergirl a movie selection from 1984 uh, so I am the uh, comedian for this podcast my name is Chrissy Lenz I'm the uh, director and performer at the uh, neighborhood comedy theater uh, in downtown Mesa Arizona very excited to be all the way down here in Tucson with you guys. Uh, and with me as always is filmmaker Nathan Blackwell. Hi everyone. I'm uh, a uh, local Phoenix-based filmmaker. Um, I do uh, web series, short films, uh, corporate video, commercials, real estate videos too apparently. You do, but, uh, yes. You know, you just, you, sometimes you just gotta pay the bills. With, the, with drones and fancy things like that. And then, of course, with us is the guy who I conned into giving me a ride to Tucson, my driver. Hey, it's 
It's me, Jerry Washburn. <laughs> Lucky for us, is also a filmmaker. Boy, you really lucked I out. I don't think he's literally made one film. I, I've, <laughs> I've shot a lot of B-roll that you're supposed to edit into a film. Yeah, okay. that works for me. <laughs> uh, and you're our returning guest. Yeah, yeah uh, former Dune expert. Dune. Uh, he was on our, our David Lynch uh, Dune episode. Unfortunately, I did not bring the coloring books for Supergirl. Or play any of the video games or read six novels to prepare for this. But you did that work for Dune, and that's the important thing. Yes. Uh, So we are going to talk through the 1984 uh, comic book movie Supergirl, which has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're wondering, Uh should I go home and watch it after this? The answer is probably no. Uh, But... (laughs) We are going to give you as much of a walkthrough as we can as we try to examine, like, does it really hold up? Now, I, and we usually talk about, like, how does this movie hold up for us? And I was chatting a bit with the audience. For me, this movie was a big deal in 1984. Little tiny baby Chrissy was like, Superman, but for me, she has pretty hair. And I was obsessed with this movie, uh, and had you did you see it when you were a kid? Did you love it, Nathan? You, you know what? It, it, I so I loved like loved loved the first two Superman movies, mm-hmm. like Superman one and two, like the Richard Donner ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, it, it, part of it was also accessibility. It's not we didn't have cable. We only had cable when I went to my my grandpa's house. Um, and so it, it was different. Like you couldn't just like select this movie um, back in the '80s. But for some reason, both Superman three and Supergirl, like me as an eight year old or whatever, is like, eh, no. <gasps> that is so, so we're opposites in every and way. I think just like see, like seeing the trailer for this and rewatching the trailer for um, Superman three. I totally get why, even like as an eight-year-old, it's like, nah. Oh. <laughs> Superman three was my jam. I was. I've, so I've into still it. never seen Superman three. Oh, it's so good. Um, and what about for you, Jared? My first time watching it was periodically this week. Okay, great. Cool. Fortunately, I had missed it up until this week. Oh. So uh, <laughs> fortunately, I had missed it up audience, until this week. Uh, raise your hand if you have seen it. One, two, three, four, five. Six and my son is raising his hand, even though you did not watch this with me. I've seen it on VHS. He didn't. He was like, no. Accuse. Accuse. Of those who have seen it, who remembers loving it? No hands. Okay, two <laughs> oh, wait, hands. We got, we got, two hands. There we are go. Us wobble. Wibble wobble. Um. Yes. Looking back as an adult, I can see that uh, empirically this is not a good movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a movie with quotation marks. Yes, it's a movie film, uh, but It's certainly a movie. Like, from my eyes when I was watching it as a kid, none of, none of it mattered. None of the reasons why it mattered, none of the dialogue mattered. It was just like, there is Supergirl, Supergirl fly now. Supergirl, oh, cute boy, smooch, smooch. Okay. <laughs> Faye Dunaway is doing big arms. And that's all that mattered. You could watch this movie in German and it, you would mm-hmm. get from it the same amount of information. Um, so we start inexplicably in... Yeah, so... Inner space? 
at, at space? Yes. So this so this is about the time when so this is what eighty four. So this 84. is not long after the sci fi boom that kind of started with Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know. And so then you had a lot of like, well, this is sci fi. Let's make up some nonsense names and some non like nonsense cultures and. Um, I felt like the the what kind of started with Superman. Th- there were a lot of like people who were respectful to the um, uh, to kind of like the original property. But then as those people started to get pushed out the door, the producers, the salt kinds who who did the first two Superman movies, um, the third one, and then also Supergirl. It was a little. There was less of a kind of a guiding hand of like, well, this is what the source material is. Let's just make up something sci-fi. Yeah. So this movie has a lot of that to where it's stuff that's not in any original material. They just kind of make up a couple of spacey things. So Argo it, City. This is the first time anybody in the world has heard about Argo City. Argo City. And there's which no is, exposition. Which is in inner space. Which is at the bottom of a lake. And what did we think? Wisconsin? Nebraska? Is that what we thought? I just thought the portal from the inner space to our world was in the lake. Oh, the portal is in the lake. My assumption was that Argo City is where everybody on Krypton went to not die on Krypton. Right. Mm. They basically, yeah. I thought different. Oh. Oh, uh, so ba- the um. Hi, everyone. This is what we look like. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes. Podcasters, scurry. Um. (laughs) Timer? (gasps) <gasps> they didn't uncouple the rooms. Yep, from last night when, like, when we did the... Uh-huh, the costume contest. Here, let me you, narrate for everybody at home. Podcast, the lights everyone. are getting uh-huh. dimmer and brighter. Well, w- what you can see is that like it's this weird, like it looks like a honeycomb, but it's all made out of white, like... Right. A lot of you uh, seem like young people, but in the 80s, we were like, oh, dream come true. Everything is made of bone and glass. Yeah, kind of like uh, Logan's Run-esque or style. Krull. Yeah. It looks like the end of Krull. So they start off. So I think the whole idea of Argo City is that. So, OK, so Krypton exploded. But how does he still have relatives? Because she knows that she's Clark Kent's. Like, she knows Clark Kent's name. She knows all about it. They are getting the newsletter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're getting the updates. He's sending letters home, I guess. To Argo City at the to bottom Argo of City. a lake. But the, I, I guess the idea of this Argo City is that it's like they couldn't, like, actually fly and escape from Krypton. Instead, they live in a pocket universe in inner space, not outer space, where just this one building exists. And but they never say Kryptonians. Uh, and they they tell you that Peter O'Toole created this whole world with his magic wand. And his and dodecahedron. The, and his dodecahedron, uh, which is like a little tiny ball of magical light. So if you take the little ball and you take the magic wand and you like wave it around in the air. You can make a tree. You make a tree or... <laughs> So there's so much we could like talk for a whole hour about just the beginning of this scene because he's like, I'm going to make a tree. What's a tree? It's something on Earth. OK, that's not what it looks like, Peter O'Toole. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you, you know so much about Clark Kent, but apparently he didn't send you a picture of a tree. Uh, and they're just like there. So he apparently is like a mentor of sorts to Kara, who is our Supergirl, who seems like she's supposed to be about 10. This is being played by an adult woman 
but she seems like she's supposed to be like a, a child. Yeah. Right? Who, who wants to play, who, who is innocent and wants to make drawings. And and you can kind of see in this very top picture, she's like sitting with her legs like out playing with a little bug that she made and she just seems like a child. Um, but the bug flies out. Apparently that's all you need to destroy Argo City. Yeah, she makes a giant and it flies out, and, uh, and after pops Argo City. we meet Mia Farrow, who ex- it's just dialogue, 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 things that make no sense and have no relevance to this movie, bippity-boppity-boo, out she goes, chasing the Omega Hedron into the real world, uh, because they will die without it, is what we learn, is that like she made it fly away, and now they're on a clock. They're all going to die unless she rescues it. Um, so fun fact, we all saw in the trailer the part where she shoots out of the lake. That was a card that was a piece of cardboard. <laughs> it was a piece of cardboard that they yanked out of a lake. Um, filmmaking, right? Nathan? Filmmaking. That's how it's done. Um, and then the first thing she does, so she gets to Earth and she's like, "Oh, I know what I need to do to find this omegahedron which I dropped somewhere." Right. Go to high school. So basically, it's like it, it's it. Yeah, she she immediately enrolls into high school, um, which she knows how to do. Right. She goes to the principal's office. She writes a fake transcript with her fast. She already knows has like a good idea of what template she wants to use she, for the for re- her resume for her resume. And she's like, "Let but me." But she into hadn't the thought of a name yet. Yes, tell us about the name, Jared. This is this is one of my my seven notes. Okay. It is ellipses, Robert, ellipses, E, ellipses, question mark. Because there's a giant picture of Robert E. Lee inside <laughs> the boarding school. And she's like, yeah, my name's Linda. Linda. Linda Lee. And of course she's named after Robert E. Lee. Because why not? Ooh. Um. So she goes to this high school. She makes a friend. Like she, mm-hmm. she plays field hockey. She thwarts a bully's attempt to scald her alive with the hot shower water. Mm-hmm. Seemingly having forgotten that, like back home, her mom and dad are like gasping for air. <laughs> yeah, she she. To sum it up, because this the the movie takes so many twists and turns that kind of seem. I, maybe it made sense at the time. It's like, okay, now let's add a seat in the diner. Okay, now there's a runaway tractor. The, right. the, the overall plot of the movie is, um, so the secret um, like it, pocket uh, 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 city in a pocket universe, mm-hmm. like it exists outside of time or space or whatever. They basically lose like the, the power gem that, that runs the whole city. Yeah. And it shoots out the window, and mm-hmm. she has to go find it. And this movie posits, what if, like, the ultimate power, an infinity stone, landed in the hands of a fortune teller astrologist? And what would happen then? What if it who, landed who in the Who lives in a funhouse? <laughs> right. Little Faye Dunaway. Right. If Faye du- so Faye Dunaway is not a criminal mastermind. They, I think they kind of did a bit of a Gene Hackman to where it's like, let's have, like, the big name mm-hmm. actor... Who's hard, uh, hard up for money, uh, <laughs> to to be in the movie? Let it uh, kind of lend it some credibility, but she's not a criminal mastermind. She basically is like 
she looks like my choir teacher mm-hmm. and she kind of like you know is effectively like an astrologer slash hustler of like getting men to pay for things for her um and so what if she had the ultimate power she basically is just doing really petty things that kind of gratify her in that moment and there's a bit of a you know she's also a quote witch um who has never been able to do spells now nathan i'm sorry but as the, until now, as the person who loved this movie, I'm going to need you to put a little bit of respect on that name. All right. OK. Uh-huh. She is a witch who lives in a busted amusement park. Right. Who is hot, who wears caftans, who has jewelry for days and lives with like her friend, uh, Brenda Vaccaro, also an Oscar winner. And throws really classy parties. And she throws really classy parties. Jared, how did you feel about Faye Dunaway as a character? Were you like, I want to be her? I was confused. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And you know how like in in comic book movies, you've got the villain who's like taken over the amusement park. Like she apparently, they actually have that amusement amusement park legitimately because they're yeah they're they're talking about the water bill Mm -hmm. they're talking about the uh, about paying the the rent or the mortgage yeah so they legitimately chose that which doesn't facility right like if you're gonna live in an abandoned amusement park it's because your family fell to ruins right it's because you have a scooby-doo plot you're squatting there no, these people were with a realtor, and they said, look no further. We'll take it. <laughs> this, um, is, this is the one for me. But they ride on, she rides on the cart in the haunted house to breakfast. Come on. Who doesn't want to live that life? She's, like, riding through the haunted house, and, like, she gives Selena the mail, and then, like, off they go again. So that's where the Omega Hedron ended up. She's having a picnic. With her boyfriend, Nigel, they are talking about how they are witches and they know spells. And then also there's a tiger rug at the picnic because in the 80s we knew how to live. (laughs) And you brought a tiger rug to your picnic. Um, The the Omega Hedron Uh falls and she's like, oh, I immediately recognize this thing as like a source of otherworldly power. Yeah. And And, and I I feel like Peter Cook was also kind of like... um, how they brought had Ned Beatty yes. in the other ones to where so Peter Cook is a Peter Cook is her boyfriend, f- yeah, a famous British comedian, super um, famous. Yeah, I have none pictures of him, but uh, you would recognize him from The Princess Bride as the um, as the uh, the guy who officiates the wedding, yes, yeah. marriage. And also from Willy Wonka, and he's like, Well, that doesn't make any sense, so let's say you need two chocolate bars. Right, yeah, that's right. He's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's a famous guy. So, we'll have the um, quiz on Monday but she's immediately like, I recognize what this is. I dump you. I'm going to go be a famous uh, witch. And then we do get a shot of him later walking to the car, carrying his box of picnic supplies, and the tiger rug is neatly folded and set on top. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was so worried. Um, meanwhile, she's in high school. And wh- mm-hmm. she meets... Uh, Jared, tell Wait. us about like Lana, Lucy Lane's cousin of the Who. Wait, I thought was the the uh, the rapey 
guys. Was that before high school or after high school? Oh, oh right. I was gonna just skip, skip right over, over that. Well, that's because that was the first pe- the first the that's... first people that Supergirl meets uh, in several different situations are literally like the worst human beings you've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. Like they're super rapey. They're super super like you know um, uh, just like all uh, jerk faces and. The uh, the the two rapey um, uh, pi- uh, 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 truck, truck drivers. drivers. Yeah. Very first thing and she lands on Earth. So, but she she shoots out of the lake in a Superman costume, but with a skirt, and she's like, "Very well, I am Supergirl. I will go now." And she meets these two horrible truckers who want to do horrible things. She's beating them up with superpowers. So the purpose of this in the movie is to show us, the viewer, like, oh, okay, she's a super person, but what does she have? Does she have laser eyes? Check. Does she have super breath? Definitely. Yes, she does. Can she do a really hard kick to someone's chest and send them flying through a wall? Yes. We learn all of that because she beats up these two truckers who are, Mm -hmm. like, literally trying to assault her. Um, and it, that's it. She's just, but they keep attacking her. They're just regular men. <laughs> yeah, and and they immediately recognize her as someone who is dressed exactly like Superman. So Superman exists. His they powers know are known. Superman. And so when the first display of her of her powers, like when she flies in the air and like kicks someone, they there's no like, oh wait, Superman you know bullets bounce off of him uh-huh. let's keep attacking this girl let's yeah i'll pull out a knife so that i can more effectively sexually harass this teenage girl uh-huh. <laughs> and they just keep going and each time they ask well, like well all right we got a feisty one here it's like she just shot you with laser eyes and Move this is along. this is uh-huh. also where i got the idea for my spinoff podcast the most the worst excellent 80s product placement podcast because one of the rapey guys has a giant A&W logo on his shirt. Oh, no. Uh, uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, so did A&W... Because A&W shows up a lot in the movie. I'm uh, like, I wonder how much A&W paid for this and how they felt about hip, like, that particular product. Right, placement. yeah. There was at least, at least three A&W root beer logos throughout the movie. But the first time we see it is on the shirt of the super rapey uh, truck driver. Terrible person. Uh huh. It's oh. like Supergirl versus A and W man. It is. Well, and like so, <laughs> he, but here's the problem: like, there's so much to unpack in this movie, but we've only got 20 minutes left, you guys, and we what? haven't <laughs> even decided. To, we haven't okay. even fought our first major battle. Um, so she goes to high school. She's doing her thing. Eventually, Selena, who has realized she has all these like powers. To make uh, Ellis from Die Hard fall in love with her. So she's like, you know, you know how it is when you're a villain and you're like, I just want to take over the world, but I don't know how or why or what the plan Mm. is going to be. She decides that if she can make every uh, person on Earth fall in love with her, then she will have them in her thrall. And then, you know, step three is profit. Mm. So Ellis. Make no mistake. You know, this movie is super horny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like everyone is like trying to like get the dude to, to hook up with the dude or to find a cute boy but he's so the boy that they do find is just he's a, a landscape a handyman he's a handsome right. handyman who they see on the side of the road 
And they're like, you know how it is. You're driving along and you're just like, ooh, a hot person. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now you're mine. Yeah. Uh, both the villainesses are like full on on the prowl. Oh, yes. And that's what I love about them, Nathan. <laughs> they're clearly in a relationship with each other, but they're looking for a third for uh-huh. their throuple. Yeah. It, it, but it's just like so emotionally confusing for me that everyone is after like Ellis, the slimiest person in Die Hard. It's it's. It's a next level of amusement. And much like 16 Candles, there's nothing appealing about him as a person. Like, he has no skills or talents aside from, like, being a handy, handsome handyman, who I just, uh-huh. in my notes, kept right, calling him the hand hand because he's the handsome handy. Right. Uh, and uh, he, but so she does a spell to make him fall in love with her. He's trapped in the bed, as we saw. Uh, and um, unfortunately, the spell means that when he wakes up, He's going to fall in love with the first person that he sees. He escapes. Uh He wanders aimlessly through this town. Through an entire town full of people staring at him. But his his eyes are averted the whole time. Yeah, he's got blurry eyes. He's looking down. He stumbles through the whole town. Now, meanwhile, Jimmy Olsen is with Lois Lane's sister and Superman's cousin in a diner watching this man wander through the streets. And do you remember what he says, Jared? Jimmy Olsen? Yeah. I do not. He says that guy's probably just a drunk. Leave him be. Leave him be. Let's drink shakes. Yeah, that's a solid attitude to take. Uh Uh-huh. But so witch lady gets mad. She sends the bulldozer after him, as we saw. And, uh, of course, the first person he sees is who? Supergirl. Supergirl in disguise as? Robert E. Lee. Mrs. Robert E. Lee. (laughs) (laughs) But this is her first big battle. She's like in her costume. She doesn't do a very good job because she effectively grabs the bulldozer and drives it through the town. She takes the fronts off of buildings where we see inside the people who are just at the counter transacting like, who? She destroys the whole town. Mm -hmm. It's it's almost kind of like a Roger Moore sequence to where all the... uh, all the uh, the you know the the townspeople are doing like double takes and trying to figure out what's going yeah, on. Lois, yeah, Lois Lois Lane's sister climbs into the tractor, oh, doesn't nice. realize there's brakes, and then immediately gets knocked out because that's how tractors work: is you just fall asleep as soon as you <laughs> sit down in the driver's seat. Uh, and she flies away to a a tropical island with Ellis, uh, and I think that's just we're calling him right now. We're just yeah. calling him Ellis. In the, the like inside of the tractor, he falls in love with her. Uh, Selena is like, oh, drat. That was the one hot guy in this town. I Now it's war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's war. So Ellis falls in love with Supergirl, and there's no... No one who made this movie is thinking, wait... She's a child. Isn't she in high school? (laughs) She just started high school. She did. And no one's like, wait. Her age throughout the whole thing is very ambiguous. Because, I mean, when she's in Argo City, like you said, she acts like she is a preteen. Like She acts like a little kid. Yes, she does. Um, and, and but then this adult man is in love with her, uh-huh. and this adult woman has like marked her as an equal who has power. The Dark Lord knows not. I don't know. Am I getting mm-hmm. mixed up? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so Selena is like, I'm gonna keep being as mean as possible. She's got the omega hedron. Yeah, the, 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 the wand spin- made of pure evil. Yeah. 
So, but with all she wants to do, essentially, the main bad guy in this movie, all she wants to do is, like, be in charge of the world. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't even remember what happens next at this point. And I have ten pages of notes. Uh, they do have a really fun battle at the abandoned amusement park, which is just, it's really great. And, that, like, for all of the terribleness of this movie, that part is worth watching. Right. Yeah. This is kind of like um, 80s witchcraft versus Superman powers. Mm-hmm. So the witch, uh, she does decide that she is going to uh, trick the man into loving her, banish Supergirl to the Phantom Zone, mm-hmm. and be in charge of the world, which just means that she lives on top of a mountain in this town, and she drives around in a fancy car, being like, With a motorcycle them. escort. Yeah. Seize them! And immediately, I don't know where they came from, but she then has kind of a an army of secret police, it, like men in just black uniforms who either she's, like, hypnotized or made a very reasonable, like, you know, salary for. Um, But these Mm -hmm. men are basically rounding up. Apparently, there's no police because she's just rounding up the citizens and Mm -hmm. people are protesting with signs. But only four people are protesting with signs. So those are Supergirl's roommate, Jimmy Olsen, her math teacher, who is the evil boyfriend... There were three. I correct myself. There were three. Um, but, like, that's what I'm saying. is like, in the 80s, if you were a bad guy, what you don't want to deal with infrastructure. Am I right? Like, you don't want to have to, like, decide who... You don't want to hire people for your secret police. You just want to... You want what they had, right? Yeah, so you, you hire an HR person for that. Park. Like, uh-huh. they had it all is, is a real yeah, lesson so of what, this movie. One of the problems of this movie is that... It basically, the villain has no significant, like, they didn't really have much ambition to do anything. Other than to just wear fabulous caftans. Until they kind of got the magical de- MacGuffin device that, yeah. that gave them ultimate power. And then they kind of, like, are just impulsively doing things throughout the movie. There's never, like, a main plot okay, per se. We have to talk about... Faye Dunaway in this movie because her, she, as you can see, she has this gorgeous red. Do we think that's her hair? It's probably a wig. And she just like every line she delivers is like with ultimate raised eyebrow and like a bar of light that's just across her eyes. And she's like, well, you've never heard of me, sweetheart. She's just like being so villainous and doing big arms, the power of shadow. Be mean to teenagers. Ah, ha, 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 ha. It's a dream. It's a dream role for an actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is totally one of those kind of scenery chewing roles that I'm sure they had to pay her a fortune f- to do. Because mm-hmm. just like Gene Hackman, I get a feeling like he really enjoyed doing it, but he wouldn't give them more than two takes and probably showed up an hour late. Yeah. So that's so yes. Famously, Faye Dunaway was very late to the set of this movie. She was the most famous person at the time. Everybody hated her and did not <laughs> want to, to be in this movie. Um, but she gets to say things like when someone's like, you're playing with fire, Selena. And she gets to go because I have the matches. <laughs> so it's very, it's very appealing. Um, uh, but so, okay, so Supergirl, Nathan, I'm so excited to talk to you and Jared about this part, goes to the Phantom Realm where she finds... Peter O'Toole. Quicksand. Oh. <laughs> quicksand. <laughs> quicksand. Green quicksand. Uh-huh. 
Now we all know that in the in the 1980s we were made to be frightened of quicksand. Young people, how afraid of you are on a scale of one to ten? Are you of quicksand? It's okay. Eleven. <laughs> we got a one and an eleven. Yeah. Um. So she falls into this quicksand, mm-hmm. and it, she's like, it's like the bog of sadness from a. Uh, uh, Never ending Never story. story. Thank you. Uh, and she gets out and finds Peter O'Toole. What do we think of the Phantom Zone, you guys? How bad did well, it seem? The yeah. first thing he says is, squirt, squirt, <laughs> squirt. <laughs> that, that's his uh-huh. line. He's got uh-huh. a squirt. He's got this green goo in a in a Windex bottle that he's uh, offering. Mm-hmm. Um, squirt. And he offers her a squirt. But anyway, he's known how to get out of the... He sent himself to the Phantom Zone in the very beginning. Could not wait to get to the Phantom For, Zone. Well, as self-punishment for losing the gem. Right. But like, so this is what I felt like it was like. Did you guys ever have like a wa- a really nice watch that you loved and wanted to keep, but then the battery died, and you don't want to have to go to Radio Shack to get a new, very specific battery for that watch? That's like Argo City, and there's only one battery <laughs> that works. Uh huh. And now Faye Dunaway's got it. Uh huh. That's true. So at this point, maybe a week has passed. Since she left Argo City, which has not had the power source. So have they all been suffocating at this point? It was basically yeah, there was I, a big I, hole. I, with I assumed air. that her parents were very much dead. Oh, and, okay. and, and she <laughs> she's just like, Oh well, we, we never the we never come down. back to it once she leaves of like them being concerned or like reminding us of the stakes. There's this is basically a stakeless movie. It is. Until the very last second when she's like so uh, after she th- they fight their way back out of uh, the Phantom Zone, which did you guys know? You you guys know a lot about Superman. Did you know you could just crawl out of the Phantom Realm? Uh, I suspected it, but I never had proof until now. Okay. I thought the Phantom Zone was a two-dimensional like mirror that you were stuck in. Yeah. I thought that too. I definitely thought that, and that you finally got to use. Yeah, all you that got to see the, the Phantom Zone in Superman Two. Okay, and I'm the... rushing us because we have ten minutes left. Yes. You guys. Okay. Um, but so yeah, they climb out. It's like that scene in Batman, you know, the Dark Knight Rises, where he's like climbing out, climbing out, climbing out. Or it's exactly like the scene in Inside Out. Where Bing Bong and Joy have to get out of the Forgotten Realm. Bing Bong. And they get out through the power of song. It's exactly like that scene. Uh, They escape. Big fight. All of a sudden, Supergirl knows exactly what's up. Uh, She saves the day. She gets the Omega Hedron. She sends sends them to the Phantom Zone, doesn't she? Or what happens to them? It's a little ambiguous, and at that point... They turn to I was dust looking at my and phone a lot. And and she so oh by the way, this movie is like more than two hours long. Well, the the thing about this movie, the one on the the one that's uh, on HBO Max. HBO Max, you guys, you can all go home yeah. and watch it. It's this is this is they actually added in for the theatrical cut. They took out twenty minutes of the movie. I hope the twenty minutes is the rapey guys. Yeah, and Ugh. then they yeah. They a- they added in those twenty minutes back for the version that you see on HBO Max. Oh, I did not. So realize this is that. actually with twenty minutes that they cut out for the theatrical version. They could have chopped e- a lot. Yeah, this felt for sure twenty minutes longer than it needed to be. I feel like they're the, just. It felt the trailer was plenty long. It felt twenty minutes longer than it needed to be twenty minutes in. Like there's yeah. throughout my notes, there's a log of how much movie is left. Uh, right after the part um, where where. Ethan gets er, gets hit on the head with a coconut. Mm-hmm. It's an hour and twenty five minutes in. 
<laughs> and there's so uh-huh. much movie left. There's a lot of high school hijinks that probably was added back in. There's a, there's a lot of smooching. Like, everybody is just smooch city, left, uh-huh. right, and sideways. Was that what girls in the 80s wanted in their films? Yes. All right. I wanted a costume. So, yeah, my whole life, uh, until I was probably, like, a teenager, I went as Superman for uh, Halloween every year in those, like, plastic, very heavy vinyl plastic smocks that just, like, tied at the neck. Mm. And you had a mask that was, like, a paper plate. <laughs> and I went as Superman every year. And then, uh, like, once there was a Supergirl, it was like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted. Smooching and Supergirl and two uh, women with an ambiguous relationship and fantastic clothes who live in an abandoned uh, amusement park. What more is there to want? Uh, but, so, here's what we always do at the end. There's so much more we had, we didn't even scratch the surface of this movie. Yeah. She gets the dodecahedron. She's like, I guess I have to go home to where my parents are maybe or maybe not dead. Um, <laughs> please don't tell anyone you saw me. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows who I am. And Jimmy Olsen's like, we get it. Wink. Did you get it? Did they? I was so confused. So uh, we always rank the movie on a scale Ooh. of one to ten, right? One being obviously the worst. We've never given a movie a one. Uh, all the way to a ten, which is perfection. It is Die Hard, which we gave a ten. Um, and so on that scale of one uh, omegahedron to ten omegahedrons, this is a mm-hmm. tough one, and I want you to be thinking of your numbers out there, too, because we'll poll the audience. But what, uh, Jared, is your rating? Pi. 3.14. 3. Yeah, 3.14. Because okay. it's, it's not very good, and it's unending. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chef's kiss, Jared. That uh-huh. was beautiful. Uh, and what about for you, Nathan Blackwell? <sighs> this is, okay, so I'm going to give it uh, I'm gonna give it a five. Because although it makes no sense and it goes on for far too long, yeah. it's one of those kind of abstract experiences under the right circumstances. Like if you're watching uh, and It's So Bad, It's Good kind of yes. movie. This has a lot of fun with that, those kind of goggles on. It does, you know? but don't you think like you'd have to make a super cut of this movie? Because it's not... It's not fun if you have to experience all like more than two hours of it. There's not enough. <laughs> it's one of the, well, you you could put it on at a party. You could and let it go it. in the background, and then if you see it in like two three minute chunks, it says, I, "Well, this there's no problem with this." I, I love Supergirl. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. Um, oh, I do have fun facts. Uh, the scene where she comes out, uh, Brooke Shields was supposed to be Supergirl, but they were like, "She's too tall." To be Supergirl. Um, Peter Cook hated Faye Dunaway. Dolly Parton was offered the role of Selena and was like, I'm not a witch. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can't be a witch. Excuse me. And then this is the box office for 1984. Supergirl ranked 61. Uh, And then (laughs) these are all other movies that we have done on our podcast. Dune was number 50. So Dune won. Yeah. Red Dawn was number 19 that year. Number one, of course, was Ghostbusters. Uh, Number two, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Number three, Gremlins, Karate Kid, and Police Academy. Um, I give this movie a 5.25 for the exact same reason as you said, Nathan, Uh because I think it is a fun, so bad it's good movie, but it's not enough of a so bad it's good movie. Uh, But I give it 0.25 because... 
everybody in this movie was working so hard on their acting. They were really putting in the work. And like, even though Faye Dunaway made everyone hate her and was a terrible person, when she got to work, she was she, a professional. She put in work. And she put in the work. If you watch it, just like, I'm telling you, a super cut of this movie would be gorgeous. Or um, just only the Faye Dunaway part. Only Faye Dunaway, I would sign mm-hmm. up for. So uh, the other thing that, oh, I want to know, uh, who out there ranked it lower than our lowest score? Did anyone want to give it less than 3.14? You gave it a three. What do you think? Uh, you gave it a two. Ouch. A one. Ooh. Even going down even as we speak. Did anyone give it higher than a 5.25? You give it an eight? Uh, tell oh, me wow. and I'll tell into the microphone. What makes it an eight? That is an excellent point. Thank you so much. Yes. It, it, infinite ways to tell infinite stories of Superman and Supergirl and all of their different ways of looking at it. And this is wholly original. It's not based on a, a source material. So that is a great point. Eight. It's certainly unlike anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, a wonderful point. All right. So that's well, that's our range from two to eight is our range. Um, so we also always do a deep cut recommendation. So you guys know if you watch this movie on HBO Plus, it is going to mess up your HBO algorithm, and they're going to be like, "Oh, <laughs> we thought oh, you we like knew Supergirl? you." <laughs> but if you, they're going to they're serve you up some some other content. But we like to say, here's something that's maybe off that beaten path a little bit. Uh, here's maybe something that's slightly different that you may enjoy if if you enjoy Supergirl. Um, Nathan, yours are always uh, the best. What is your deep cut recommendation? Well, I, I'm just I you know just I'm always con, uh, uh, I'm always fascinated by the behind the scenes of like how did this movie get made? Like, uh, what was just the mindset of the filmmakers or mm-hmm. or the 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 people in charge of this? Um, my recommendation, there's a documentary, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube at this point, but on the uh, Superman 1 and 2 DVDs, there's a documentary on the making of of that experience. Because originally, Superman 1 and 2 was supposed to be one movie. Yeah. They broke it up into two. But the documentary just kind of covers, like, people, like, the so Alexander Salkine was the producer. They, the Salkines bought the rights to Superman, and so they were independent producers making this. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that they had a good understanding of who Superman was or his powers, because yeah. as Richard Donner's kind of like kicked out of the the picture, it gets more and more ridiculous. And this was just kind of a continuation of of that whole process of of um, it's it's kind of just fascinating because you've got these, you know, a lot of times we just think of like these studios, but in a lot of these cases of like let's say. The Superman movies or like the James Bond movies, these are independent uh, individual producers Mm -hmm. who are then making it with larger studios, but they are in control of the rights. And and it it is interesting to think about how how something like this paved the way for... Mm Something like the yeah. the wonderful like Warner Brothers had very today. little control over this at all. It was yeah. all these independent producers, the salt kinds, who had the rights to it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jared? So I was having a really hard time with my deep cut recommendation, and I was sitting there, I was thinking, man, Superman is a, like probably one of the most valuable intellectual properties of all time. A lot of talented people worked really hard on this movie for it to be this bad. And then I remembered I was I, in uh, high school. I was playing Superman on the Nintendo 64, and it was the worst experience of my life. I think I made it maybe 10 or 15 minutes into it. Oh no! And so I, I was looking up Superman, 
64 on the internet and apparently it's it's arguably one of the worst video games ever created so, so you're gonna recommend it to people <laughs> yeah absolutely okay, you can great. watch somebody play through it on youtube oh my god okay well i am rushing us and i'm so so sorry but i don't want to hold things up for the gr- group that's after us my deep cut recommendation is the game katamari damase in which you uh roll around through a varying uh, ever-growing um, landscapes gathering little bits and pieces of your environment because that's what I thought of during the bulldozer scene is like oh it's real life Katamari Damase <laughs> uh, so that is my deep cut recommendation for you thank you so much Tucson Comic Con for coming out to see us we appreciate you so much please come grab a sticker uh, for our podcast this is the most excellent 80s movies podcast uh, you can find us at any place there are our podcasts stored uh, we are at most excellent pod on all of the social medias. Uh, You can uh, find me at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater in real life in downtown Mesa uh, and at Most Excellent Chrissy uh, on all of the social medias. Uh, Nathan, everything's still on Squishy Studios? Yeah, squishystudios.com. Excellent. Uh, Nathan has a movie that's going to be coming out very soon, so keep your eye out for that. And Jared, what would you like to plug? Make sure you drink water when you're hiking, please. Yes, drink water <laughs> while you're hiking. Uh, thank you. We love you. Everybody give us a big uh, a big cheer, and we'll be out of here. Yay! Yay! Thank you, guys. Ooh, that went so fast. All right, we got to put back the mic.